welcome to The Connected Knitter, a podcast about knitting, connecting, and creating community. I am Meredith, your host, and you can find me on Ravelry as Five Pointed Star, on Instagram as The Connected Knitter, and on Twitter as The Connected Knitter. And I also have a um, blog with show notes for this podcast at theconnectednitter.com. So um, today is Sunday, April 24th, and this is episode number two. So I'm really glad you found me and that you're listening and welcome. So I am coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I'm a teacher and a web designer and of course a knitter. And I really love how all of those things kind of interplay with one another and how they allow me to connect with other people. And that's kind of what The Connected Knitter is all about, how to use knitting and the internet and whatever you do for work to connect with other people. And so I'm really excited about that. So I just wanted to talk to you about what I'm going to talk to you about today. So um, segments for this week are what's going on, whips, finished objects, future projects, and get connected. So here are, uh, what's, here's what's going on these days. So I am doing a ton of work in my garden and, uh, my last podcast that I used to have, which was life less messy. I still have my blog up if you want to look at, uh, old posts there, but on Life Less Messy, I talked a whole lot about my garden. And in fact, I would say that that podcast was kind of part knitting, part gardening, part just my life, which didn't feel like it had enough focus. So my intention is not to talk a lot about my garden on this podcast, but it happens to be spring. And that is the time when my garden really takes so much of my attention. And it's a sh- part of, and I I need to mention it because it has certainly gotten in the way of my knitting time. So, so anyway, I've been working in my garden and the main thing in my garden that I've been doing is, um, well, I've been doing lots of planting, of course. Uh, but the other main thing that is taking my attention is that I'm building a chicken coop. We got four baby chicks and they're absolutely adorable. Um, and they're living in my bedroom because it's the best room that I can close off. It has a door that shuts really well and which keeps my dog and cats away from the chickens and um and they're living in a little rubbermaid tub which is great but it's getting a little small and they're getting a little grumpy with each other i'm getting a little tired of having them in my bedroom so i'm looking forward to finishing the coop and moving them out there i have to wait until the temperatures the nighttime temperatures are above 50 degrees which they're kind of in the high 40s right now So, but I'm hoping that in another week we'll be pretty good. And the coop is really, um, it's kind of small and tight quarters, so they'll keep each other really warm. So I I think they'll be fine. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to getting them out uh, of my bedroom. Uh, The other thing that has been taking my attention is that I went on a sailing trip with my seventh graders, which was so much fun. It was a, a three-day-long trip, three, two nights, three days, on a historic schooner in the Puget Sound, and it was fantastic. It was such a great experience. This I'm teaching the seventh graders about 
the age of exploration. And we also had a unit on physics and mechanical advantage and pulleys and uh, all of these things. So it was really relevant to what they are studying. And so it was a, it was a really great trip um, being on a boat for 24 seven for three days with uh, 25 seventh graders is exhausting. If you wondered, I will tell you now that it is. And so I was really glad to get home and sort of get back to my life as usual. Um, but it was really fun while it lasted. So, uh, all of that though means that my knitting time was severely limited. So I really didn't get a whole lot done. Um, there were usually most days I knit a little bit. It may be one stitch, but I knit at least a little bit. And there were stretches of days where I didn't knit at all this during over these past two weeks. So, which by the way, my intention, my hope is that I'm going to record every week. Uh, we'll see how that happens. And if I need to do every two weeks, I really want to be regular about it. So for a while there, I thought, oh, I'll just record every two weeks, but I thought, I don't know, two weeks is kind of a long rhythm to have. So I'm hoping I will record once a week. So <clears throat> anyway, that's why I've been so busy and why two weeks really made sense right now. So Moving on, I want to talk about my whips. So I did get some knitting done, a little bit. The two projects that I worked on were, uh, well, first of all, I talked about, I worked on the mostly vanilla socks, which I talked about in episode one. And those are just a simple, pretty simple pair of socks. I'm planning on writing up the pattern once I finish the socks. And they're, um, but it's, you know, I, I won't charge anything for it. It's a very simple little pattern. It's mostly a stockinette sock, but it does have uh, like a little stretch of garter rib, I think is what you call it. So, and I really like, it's just a little bit of interest. I actually, you know, usually I really like knitting plain vanilla socks and I like it because it's, like stockinette. I really like stockinette, of course, uh, really mindless. So I appreciate that about it. But um, I, but these I like even better because there's just a little more interest. And socks usually have enough interest to keep me going because it's kind of like, here, you do this interesting thing on the cuff and then mindless knit. And here, now you do this interesting thing on the heel and then mindless knit for a while and then the toe and so on. So usually socks really fill that, uh, satisfy that need for me. But, um, but this is just a, even a little bit more interesting. So I really like, I re I'm really enjoying knitting them. The, um, pro the, oh, I need to look in my project notes. I've been trying to keep a hard copy version of my, um, of my project notes. So I have this little, um, composition book that has everything. So I just checked my Ravelry and I didn't have a page for these, for this project. So, um, I forgot that I had put it in my, um, composition book. So yeah, they are, uh, mostly vanilla socks and the yarn is 
called by a dyer named Thoroughly Thwacked, and she's local here in um, Hillsboro, Oregon. And the colorway is called She Shed. And um, the it's a pretty basic pattern, like I said, and it's a 68 stitch uh, stitches around. And then the pattern is kind of within that. So anyway, so that is the mostly vanilla socks. I am on the second sock and I just finished the gusset decreases on the second sock. So now I'm just going to knit, knit, knit till I get to the toe. I am considering not finishing them because the knit girls do the stash dash thing. And you know, if you haven't ever done stash dash, you really should. Last year was my best stash dash year. I had all these um, unfinished projects stashed away in my closet and I pulled all of them out and I finished them. I had like two sweaters that I had that were mostly done. I finished those. I had this enormous, uh, fair isle. Um, I don't know what it's like a, like a throw kind of, it, it looks like a, like a table runner. It's, um, Mary Scott Huff, a Mary Scott Huff pattern. And I started it when I took her class at Madrona years ago. So Anyway, I had that stashed away and I hadn't fit all that needed to happen on that was I needed to steak it and pick up stitches to do the, the borders. So I was really almost done. So anyway, I did, I finished so much in stash dash last year. And if you go to my Ravelry uh, project page, you can see, I have a tab that says stash dash 2015, and you can see all of the projects that were, uh, a part of my stash dash uh, goal. So I ended up finishing 10,000 yards. Oh, I no, it's meters that they count. I finished 10,000 meters uh, last year, which was great. I will not do that again this year just because I don't have all those um, unfinished projects. So I'm thinking though that I will kind of get a few things to the place where they're almost done and then I'll wait until stash dash starts and wrap those things up so I can count the yardage towards stash dash. I think maybe I will set a goal of, I don't know, 3,000 or maybe five. So we'll see. I think they're doing more events this year. Last year, I, I shouldn't even talk. I think they did three, five, and 10 last year. And I think maybe they're adding eight and 15 this year. Anyway, I shouldn't talk about things that I'm not sure about, but uh, anyway, so that's what I, what's going on with the mostly vanilla socks. And like I said, when I finish those, I plan on writing up the pattern and posting it on my blog. So you can uh, download that when it's done. Then the other project that I did work on was the palm de pin and my palm de pin is a, a cardigan that is by, let me find my page. <laughs> Maybe that one I don't have a page for. Anyway, palm de pin, I am knitting that out of Blue Moon Fiber Arts uh, BFL Sport. And this is a pattern by, oh gosh, I should have checked ahead of time. Palm de pin is a pattern 
by Amy Christophers. And like I said, I'm knitting it out of Blue Moon Fiber Arts BFL Sport. The color is Everyday Gray, and I'm knitting it in the four, size 48 bust size on a, a size 5 needle. And uh, I have finished, I really like this cardigan. It's an all-over lace pattern. Uh, you can see, you look at it on Ravelry. The, it's a really fantastic pattern. Lots of people have made it. And I think I'm going to be really happy with it. The um, I finished the body, and I had finished the body a while, ago, a while ago. I just had to finish the collar a little bit. And so now I have cast on for the first sleeve. And the first sleeve, or the sleeves include, like you start, of course, at the wrist, and then you knit 35 rows of one-by-one one rib. I was really surprised at how long of a ribbing section there was, but I'm, I think I'm going to be glad. It really feels like it, it has kind of this cozy sweater quality and the yarn is perfect for that. It's this, it's a non super wash, so it's really squishy and cozy. And, um, Anyway, I'm just really happy with how it is coming together. The one thing that has me a little worried is that I looked ahead and saw that there is no shaping on the sleeves. And so I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to go. I think that it's probably that because it's this all over lace pattern, it's depending on that lace to stretch and give your arm the amount of ease that you need the, and not worry about shaping. And it is like I, the it's quite um, big around around my wrist. So anyway, I'm not sure how those sleeves are gonna fit. And probably if I were more, <laughs> I don't know. Probably the thing to do would be to alter the sleeve and include some shaping. But I'm just not sure that I want to go to that much effort to do it. So I will though make sure that the sleeves are not too long, which I sometimes have a tendency to do because if they're big around my wrists and they're too long, then I won't be able to push them up and have them stay. So anyway, I'll just have to watch that. So that is the other thing that I'm working on. So just those two and I'll post pictures and include links to all of the everything that I talk about actually in the show notes on the blog at theconnectedknitter.com. So moving on, finished objects. I have not finished anything. And I even had in mind, oh, I will block the groovy shawl that I finished that I am counting in my mind as a finished project, but it's not finished, 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 as uh, Jasmine from the Nick Moore girls would say. But... <clears throat> I had in mind that I would try to block that this weekend, but just didn't get around to it. Too much going on. So um, so anyway, nothing finished. Moving on, to, I wanted to talk about future projects because I have a few things that are waiting in the wings and that are needing to be finished up. So the first thing, as soon as I finish my palm to pin, I am going to turn my attention to the umbrella pullover. And that is this pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And I talked about it last time and it is, um, I'm knitting it out of solstice midsummer sock yarn that I got at Dublin Bay Knitting Company. And 
That is Dublin Bay's own sock yarn. And the colorway I'm using is called Thundercloud. And it's this, oh, that's really fitting. I didn't even think about that before. That <laughs> um, it's the umbrella pullover and um, the colors Thundercloud. So it's um, the, the yarn I'm using is this Luna sock yarn. And it, it oh, wait. I am not using Thundercloud. That somehow I have that marked on my um, project page, but in my notes, I see that it's actually called Oliver Twist in my book. So anyway, I'm going to go with that because I don't think I have purchased another skein of this yarn that this label would be from. So I'm pretty sure that this is accurate, that the color is Oliver Twist and it's in, uh, it's called the Luna Sock yarn that must be the base and it is superwash merino um merino cashmere nylon 801010 and i started this it says on march 4th so uh anyway i'm looking forward to getting back to it it is kind of a um a pretty simple sweater that has color work around the yoke and the color work is kind of a, a small i think they call that a puree pattern where it just has it I mean it kind of looks like raindrops in this sweater but uh but then it also has these umbrellas which look really pretty so I used a blue color for the umbrellas and there isn't a whole lot of contrast between the background and the umbrellas which I sort of did that on purpose because I didn't like I don't know I, I don't want these really um bright umbrellas on my sweater standing out but if you look at it closely then you can kind of see that they're umbrellas so um I kind of like how that looks so and I'm looking forward I've finished all of the color work on it I've separated for the sleeves I just need to knit 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 around and around and around and uh do the body of the sweater and I I'm hung up just because I haven't wound I need to wind another skein of yarn. I am going to do sleeves. The um, pattern has like short sleeves or maybe, you know, like elbow length sleeves, but I'm going to try to make them longer. I think I'll just finish the body and then see how much yarn I have left and divide it in half and just keep going until I run out of yarn. So, so that's the umbrella pullover. That's what I really want to get to next. And then the other thing that I really want to knit next, I guess I have to wait till I finish the umbrella pullover, although they're very different. The other thing I want to knit is the cascade pullover. And I'm going to pull this up on Ravelry so I can talk about it while I'm looking at it. But it is um, a um, pattern by Brooklyn Tweed. And I am planning on using this. Oh. I am not finding it. I think it's called Cascade. <laughs> oh, I would probably have it in my queue. I always do this. This is so funny. I would be really interested to know if other people do this as well. But I add things to my queue and then I never look in my queue when I want to when I want a new project to start. I always just like search projects and see what else is out there and never think, oh yeah, I've already done this so many times and I should look at what are the things that I've already determined I really like and want to make. Okay, 
now I have found it. This sweater is called Cascades, which is why it wasn't coming up, because uh, it's with an S on the end. And this is, it is a Brooklyn Tweed. It's from their fall 2015 collection, and the pattern is by Michelle Wong. And I love this sweater, and partly because I love the Cascades. I mean, that's where I live, and those are the mountains that call to me the most. And, uh, but even, even if that were not the case, I really love this sweater. And I bought at Madrona this year, like my biggest indulgence ever was a sweater's quantity of Toots LeBlanc. And, um, I don't even remember, I should have had it out here to, uh, show or to, <laughs> so I could tell you what the, um, fiber content is, but it is the softest yarn. And every year when I would go to Madrona, I would allow myself to indulge in one skein of Toots LeBlanc yarn. And, uh, and it was always just like the most coveted thing. And I have like the two things that I've made from Toots LeBlanc yarn are my two the two my two favorite things I have ever made in my life so one is a cowl the pay pie p-e-i cowl which I just love I wear that thing all the time I actually need to reblock it but um and then the other thing is my winter hat for this year I bought their like it seems like they're whiter the whiter their yarn is the softer it is and so I bought the skein of just really white really soft yarn and made a winter hat out of it and I love this hat it has this beautiful halo it's got it's a cable sort of pattern it's a um and oh I'm gonna forget her name it's the knit spot lady oh I can't remember anyway and I won't remember the name of the pattern either but uh, I just love that hat and I love that yarn. So I in totally indulged myself this year and I bought a sweater's quantity of Toots LeBlanc and I'm going to make the Cascades cardigan out of that. And I'm really looking forward to getting started on that. It's gonna, it will be a project for sure. It will take a lot of time for me to do. It's got this, anyway, you should just look at it. So I, um, because I don't know that I would do it justice if I tried to describe it. Um, but it, oh, I'll just read it and read the description so you can hear it and then you can decide if you want to go look at it. But it's just an overall, it's a, it's a pullover and I'll read what it says and see if it describes it well enough. A mossy evergreen forest rendered in textured stitches. Cascades is a classic pullover in shelter with panels of tree motifs in twisted stitches against a ground of double moss stitch. Columns of tiny mirrored cables define the shifts in stitch pattern to create flattering vertical lines and pleasing side details. The body <clears throat> and sleeves are worked circularly from the bottom up and joined at the yoke, which is worked in the round until the neck shaping. The twisted rib cuffs and hem flow beautifully from a rib cabled cast on a useful technique fully explained in the pattern. Cascades is worked from a combination of charted and written instructions knit in a modern bright hue. Our sample is in Hayloft, 
or go timeless with a pale neutral like fossil or snowbound. So the color that I got of Toots LeBlanc is this deep, dark charcoal color, and I'm so excited to have a sweater made of that yarn. And this I really like. A lot of people don't like the um, like knitting moss stitch, but it doesn't bother me at all. And I, I love how it looks on this sweater. It just is nice and thick and nubbly and um, wonderful. So so I'm really excited to knit that. I just have to get through the other two sweaters that I already have on the needles. So otherwise I do, I will continue to knit socks and I do want to cast on a large shawl. I think I'm, um, I'm seeing that the trend and actually I listened to Paula on the knitting pipeline who mentioned that she's noticing that the trend of kind of shawlettes, smaller shawls is kind of going by the wayside and that more people are knitting really large shawls. And even more than that, I am feeling myself moving away from the triangle shape. And I think I want to make things that are a little bit more rectangular and sort of a, like a stole, a little bit of a stole more than a, um, a shawl or a, yeah, or a triangle shawl. So, so I am, so I do want to make some cast on some sort of shawl, but, uh, I will get to that eventually. So moving on, get connected. So I wanted to, and I, as I was thinking about what to talk about for this segment, like in every seg, in every podcast, I want to talk about something about how to get connected, whether it is with other people or with yourself or um, with the world, whatever it might be. So this week when I was thinking about that and about getting connected, I was thinking about, well, one, that it was Earth Day just two days ago. Today is the 24th. I always get a little mixed up. I think it is the 22nd, but um, part of me thinks it might be the 21st. Anyway, I was thinking about Earth Day. I was thinking about all the time I've been spending outside in the garden. And I was thinking about how even though I haven't had a lot of time to use the internet to connect with the people uh, and social media hasn't really been um, getting a lot of my attention lately. I, I still feel, I feel like I, I guess I feel like I'm connecting in a different way. And that is really connecting to the world in like in person and um, into the connecting with the world around me. So, uh, and it, I was thinking too, because we're, my family and I are planning our summer vacation plans and we're looking at, um, taking a camping trip. And I was looking, uh, as I was just getting so excited about camping and, and getting outdoors and all of those things, I was looking at quotes from John Muir and John Muir is just one he, he's just like the most remarkable human being. And I really love, we have so many great quotes from him and things that he's talked about as he looked for deeper connection with the natural world. And so I found this really great quote 
And it's it's one I've seen before, and it may sound familiar to uh, to you, but I just wanted to share it because it is something that is really inspiring me right now and making me think a lot about my summer vacation plans and uh, and also just what I'm doing right now in terms of working, doing so much work outside and spending so much time outside. So this is from John Muir. Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. The winds will blow their own freshness into you and the storms their energy, while cares will drop away from you like the leaves of autumn. So I thought that was just a really nice way to think about connection and uh, and to, I guess, yeah, to think about connecting with the world and with nature as another kind of connection and how and then I started thinking about okay well how can we use like all the things that we usually do to stay connected and to connect ourselves with other people and connect with nature and the world at the same time and uh and I I just got thinking about all the things that I do so one thing that I do is that while I'm outside working in the garden, um, I often am listening to podcasts. Now I know that I'm, by doing that, I'm kind of closing myself off to the sounds of nature around me. I'm really listening to the sound of my podcast. So, so I'm maybe limiting my connection in some way, but in so many other ways, I'm connecting with nature. You know, I'm, I'm smelling the, the fresh air and I'm, you know, feeling the cold, earth in my hands as I work. So there are all of these ways that you can still connect with the world around you uh, while you're doing other things. So listening to podcasts is one thing that I do. Um, And then going to knit night. So I was away on my sailing trip this week, so I didn't go to knit night. But now that it's nice out, I my the knit night I go to is just Three blocks from my house, so I always walk. But now that it's nice out, all of the other ladies are uh, walking or riding their bikes to knit night as well. And what a great thing! So nice to um, just be out in nature and not driving your car to go connect with other people. And then the other thing I was thinking about was um, was Instagram because Instagram is, I mean, I would say that though social media isn't getting a lot of my attention these days, Instagram is still a place I go just about, well, I know every day and maybe several times a day. And, um, and I love Instagram because it does, it feels like there's a more immediate connection because it's so, um, image based you feel like you're connecting with people more strongly right away um, with a much more direct connection. And I was thinking about how we could use Instagram to connect with nature and the world. And I thought about, of course, nature photos. And I've been seeing so many people in my Instagram feed are taking photos of nature. And they're, I mean, just as everybody is outdoors more and in the springtime, there are so many more photos uh, of the outdoors. So, and sometimes they include knitting. Sometimes they're including like you're seeing somebody's shawl blocking 
while hanging on the clothesline. Sometimes you're seeing somebody who's sitting outside on their porch knitting. That's um, what I tend to post about. And then uh, there, sometimes you see posts of people who are um, dyers who are drying their yarn outdoors. So there's so many different ways that we can bring our crafting outside and connect with nature and take photos of it and post it on Instagram. And even if it's not fiber related, posting those nature photos on Instagram is just, I mean, I love seeing those photos, even though, um, I mean, so much of my feed is connected to fiber arts, but I really like seeing what people are doing outdoors and how they are connecting with the natural world. So, so in that vein, I thought that it could be nice to um, start a hashtag. And I just thought I would, I just really want to encourage people to in this springtime, now that you're outdoors more, hopefully you're, you're having time to be outside more, to take photos. Let that show in your Instagram feed. So if you want to join me and take in taking more uh, nature photos that show you connecting with nature and w- through your photos allow us to do it as well, then please do and tag your photos with a hashtag that I'm just making up right now. And that is connected spring. So, um, C O N N E C T E D spring as in the season S P R I N G. It's just springtime is such a great time to really connect with nature outside and let's do it on Instagram too. So, those were my thoughts about how we can use the internet to really help us connect with, uh, with nature and the world around us. So, so that's that. But it also got me thinking about Instagram because the other thing that I really want to make this podcast about and the website is about how to use these things, social media, whatever it might be. Uh, social media, your local knit night, your uh, Ravelry, what, whatever it might be, how to use those things to connect with other people and tips and tricks for doing that. So I kind of, in my thought process, got going down the Instagram route, right? So, you know, as I mentioned, to take photos of the natural world on Instagram. But then I thought, okay, well, how could we come up with some tips for using Instagram in general as a way of connecting with other people. Like how, what are the tricks? What's the best way to do that? So, um, so I, I did a little poking around and, you know, these are questions I'm asking myself still, like I'm still feeling like I'm kind of figuring out the Instagram thing and learning really the best way to use it. And so I, but I'm really committed to doing that. Like I really want to learn how to use it the best and find the best way. So I did a little research and I came up with five tips for improving your Instagram experience. So, and connecting with other, for using it to connect with other people. So one, use hashtags, which for a long time, hashtags were kind of this mystery to me. I felt like I didn't really know why you would use one. I didn't really understand it. 
Basically, hashtags allow other people to find your posts really easily. So if you tag your hashtag or if you use the hashtag knitting on your Instagram posts, then people can search, can look, can easily look at all of the posts that are hashtagged with knitting. You pro- many of you probably already know all of this, but just thought I'd explain. So if you use that hashtag, people can find your posts more easily. Also, hashtags allow you to find other people's posts. So you could imagine that by using the hashtag knitting, you suddenly are part of a community of people who uses the hashtag knitting and you get to see all of their posts. They get to see all of your posts and bam, you've got instant community. So it's a really great, great thing to do. So one, it gives you more visibility. Then once you become a part of a community by using a a particular hashtag, it creates more opportunity for interaction. So you, if you see somebody else's post that uses the hashtag knitting, you see it and you want to comment on it and great comment on it. And then other people will certainly do the same for you. So it really increases visibility and interaction, which means greater connection. So that's really the number one reason for using hashtags. Second is it help, it can help you to organize your activity on Instagram. So you might look around and see what are the common hashtags that people use and decide that maybe once a day or once a week, you want to uh, post a photo and tag it with a particular hashtag. So you can decide that uh, based on like how frequently you want to post or whatever it might be, but it can kind of help you organize your posting. So you're not just thinking, oh, I'm just randomly going to post this thing, which that's a fine thing to do too, which we'll talk about in a moment also. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, it, using a hashtag can just organize your activity. It can help you get a little more clear about how frequently you want to post and what you're, what you want your posts to be about. And again, that can help people find you, follow you, and know what to expect when they follow you. So that's that. And then third, of course, it helps you to find other people who share your interests, which I really talked about already, that it it makes you suddenly, using a hashtag makes you a part of a community all of a sudden. So, So hashtags, I would say, are my number one tip for using Instagram, to connect with other people. So, um, but then beyond that, in terms of making your Instagram feed something that people will want to look at and uh, interact with, there are lots of tips for the content that you create. So number two is use your Instagram with some bit of consistency. So find a rhythm, find some sort of system. And whether that is you're going to post with the hashtag knitting on Mondays and Wednesdays and 
post with the hashtag spinning on Tuesdays and Thursdays, whatever it might be, you, uh, you know, set up a format for yourself, a rhythm. So you know when you're going to post and, um, and if you do that, then your followers, it really can increase your following because people will know what to expect. They'll know when you're going to post. There are people that I follow that I kind of know what part of the world they live in only based on when they post, right? So I can really count on a consistent post at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning and, um, and see what's going on with that person. So, uh, Anyway, so that sort of consistent rhythm and a somewhat consistent um, type of, of sharing. So if you can make your uh, photos somehow similar so that when somebody looks at your profile, they're looking at a collection of photos that represent the kind of um, sharing you do on a regular basis. So you're not having these kind of haphazard random posts that, that come in. So if you just have a, um, you're just thoughtful about what you post and they have a similar theme or, um, I do know, like, I know, I know people who always use the same filter and they really like that when they look at their Instagram profile, then all of the photos have this similar look to them. So that is um, another tip for just letting your viewers and your followers know what they're getting when they follow you. So by using a consistent rhythm, like a time of day or a method in which you post. So that was tip number two. Tip number three, of course, is make your content interesting. So um, there are so many different ways that you can make the content that you post to Instagram interesting. One, of course, you, you know, the photos just should be good photos, right? They should be really nice quality images and they should be of things that your following is going to find interesting. So um, anyway, there's, I've seen so many different types of photos on Instagram, but really to think about posting things on Instagram that your following is going to find interesting. And there are, and there's this delicate balance between always posting or having a rhythm and a consistent sort of look to your Instagram posts versus mixing it up a little bit and making it interesting, but still maintaining high quality. And some ways that you can mix things up and make things a little more interesting. And you might do, you might find a rhythm around doing this, um, that would give it that sort of consistent format as well. But you, um, there are lots of ways to make things interesting and three ways are to use text over your images, to make collages and to post video. And so you might think about these three things, uh, and incorporate them into your Instagram habit. So let's say that, you know, on every Monday you're going to post something that has, um, has text over the image. And one app that is really fantastic for creating 
beautiful images with um, text over them is an app called Over. And they actually, uh, I was playing with the app a little bit today. They have different uh, kind of, um, they, like they call it art that other people have made that they've used, you know, different fonts and they've created different uh, things that you can overlay on top of your photos and they look really clean and professional and beautiful. Nothing like cheesy, ugly font in the, on this app. Everything just looks really nice. So definitely check that one out. The app is called Over and I'll link this in the show notes, of course, as well. And then um, you might choose like every Friday you're going to post a collage and uh, it's nice to like if you have if you take a lot of photos that are similar to each other like let's say you go on this really great hike and you take a lot of photos from that hike incorporate them into a collage rather than posting photo after photo after photo or you might post your three projects that you knit on that week in a collage So those are things that are really great to do in a collage when there's like one common theme and then post it onto Instagram. And a really great collage app is called Diptych, D-I-P-T-I-C. Definitely worth checking out and um, you can just make really beautiful collages and they have all kinds of different layouts to choose from and it looks really nice. So Um, And then hyperlapse is the other thing. I have been following these. um, One of the things I've gotten really interested in lately is hand lettering and um, brush calligraphy. And I have been so interested in uh, photos or videos that people are posting of themselves practicing their lettering. And uh, there's nothing better than video for that to see how the letters are formed and what people are doing. I think that there's plenty of call for knitting videos that are similar so that you show how you knit or how you do a particular technique. Um, I think those are really great. Um, This app that I'm going to recommend is called Hyperlapse, which I I actually haven't really played with it myself yet, but um, lots of people use it, and I think it uh, well, I, it can definitely speed up your video, and um, which that's what I've seen the most. And so, I, but I'm not sure in terms of just straight video. I mean, that you can probably just record with your um, with your iPhone, but or whatever your phone might be. So, um, so that is, was tip number three, uh, tip number four. Well, okay. Tip number three was about making your content interesting with either, um, text on your videos or, or text on your images or making collages or using video. So those are, that's number three. Tip number four is adjust the brightness of your photos. This is huge. So many people just post really, I don't know, like the, and for one, I was reading that this is actually a drawback to the iPhone camera is that they, um, the, the photos that it takes are really not the best quality in terms of brightness. And so really take a look at adjusting the brightness. Sometimes you need to bring it down, make it less bright, but just 
make sure that you do that. And I, I'm pretty sure that you can do that within the Instagram app itself. So take a look at doing that. And then tip number five, which is kind of a summary of all of these things, and it is to be intentional with your posting, right? Think about how you are going to post. And I think a lot of people want it to be really spontaneous, and they think that that is the best way to like be authentic and to show who you really are. But I think that you can be authentic and show who you really are and still be thoughtful about it so that it's content that people are going to be interested in seeing and you'll get more followers and more um, the ability to connect more because of it. So one thing that a lot of people do is that they take photos throughout the day and then post them later so don't just and then you that way you're you can snap away you can take all kinds of photos and then later in the day look back and choose the best one because i think often i know i certainly do this i think oh i want to post on instagram about this so i snap a photo and i post it and then i keep going because i'm in this interesting scenario whatever it might be and i keep taking photos and of course i end up taking a better photo and then what do I want to do I want to post that one on Instagram as well so anyway just be thoughtful it's there's nothing wrong with taking all of your photos waiting a few hours and posting later so think about that and that way you really get the best shots um on your Instagram feed. So um, some of these tips and this one in particular, I got from a, I found on a website that is, it's like a popsugar.com, which is kind of a, um, uh, I don't I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, I will link to this, uh, the blog post that where I read this, because it had some other really good ideas. But this idea of being intentional really is everything that I've talked about today is, you know, if you find a consistent rhythm with your posting, if you make your uh, content interesting, if you adjust the brightness so that the photos are really good quality, if you use hashtags, all of these things are ways to be thoughtful and intentional about your sharing on Instagram. And that is really going to give you more followers and help you to make more connections. Now, of course, your interactions is a totally different uh idea, a totally different subject and a topic that we can explore a lot more in depth as we move on. Maybe that could be the get connected section of uh, episode number three. But um, but to talk about your posts and the content that you are putting out there on your Instagram feed, I felt like was a really good place to start. And then we can talk about your interactions after that. So anyway, that's all I have to share with you today, which I think is plenty. And I am so grateful to you for listening and for hanging out with me this afternoon and, or it's afternoon for me, maybe it isn't for you. Um, but I hope that you have a really great week and that, um, your knitting is good to you and that you get lots of time to connect with lots of people. So have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.